Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Would you take your Bible with me and turn to Mark, Mark chapter 9. We'll look at a couple things this evening and um, want to just enjoy our time together around the Word of God and want to be an encouragement to you. I thank the Lord for an opportunity to speak the Word of God any time there's an opportunity to do so. And appreciate you being here tonight and your faithfulness to be here tonight. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. We'll just look at a few verses there. And then we'll turn over to the next chapter of Mark 10. But Mark chapter 9 in verse 33. Mark 9, 33. You know, I believe what took place this last uh, Sunday on our property was very pleasing to the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. And Mark 9, 33, it there's a passage of Scripture here where the disciples are having a dispute and they're asking and, and considering, they're trying to figure out who's the greatest and Jesus puts them in their place and He kindly uh, gives an example and some direction here and He uses some examples of, of a child in verse 35 through 37. But let's start off in verse 33, if you would, with me. Mark 9, 33. And it says this, And He came to Capernaum, and being in the house, He asked them, what was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? Notice it's interesting. They held their peace. They didn't answer quickly. They, they, were, they were already embarrassed by it. But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves, who should be the greatest? And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. Notice what he did. He he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Can you imagine being that child? You talk about on the spot and in the middle uh, and, 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 and uh, attention on that child. But Jesus is using this child as an example for notice verse 37. Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Would you turn over to the next chapter, Mark 10, Mark 10, verse 13. Now we move to, Jesus gave instruction and, and direction there, and it really was a matter of correction as well to the disciples. And then Mark 10, verse 13, he blesses some children that were brought to him. And notice in verse 13 it says, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And Jesus, he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them, 
and bless them. I believe God's will was followed through this last week because eight children that were not headed to heaven are now headed to heaven. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's a wonderful thing to to think that now they have a forever home that they have now received because they received Christ this last week. One of my favorite Bible verses is in 2 Peter 3.9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you notice in this passage tonight, who was brought to Jesus? Children, kids, young people. In Luke, another passage is recorded. It's recorded three times this this example that God gives and and exactly what took place as a a biblical, not only illustration, but something that, that actually happened with Christ. It's recorded in Matthew. It's recorded in Mark, as we see here. It's recorded in Luke. And Luke 10, or excuse me, Luke 18, it says, and also infants. So there's children being brought to Jesus. It's a wonderful thing when, when we see anyone brought to Jesus. But Jesus is talking about children. You know, we have those that brought the children. I wonder that day, was it parents, grandparents? We, we, hope, we believed it to be very much adults, right? Bringing children, it takes some effort. It takes some getting up in the morning. It takes some going that day to see Jesus. Maybe they told the kids and their young children at that, hey, we're going to see Jesus today. Can you imagine the excitement of those children? Maybe the effort that was put forth as they walked to Jesus, depending on how long a stretch of, of, of walk it was, different for different families. But there's ones that helped them get ready. They got dressed that day. They, they had an effort that took place to get to Jesus. And as you know, if you have children or you've been around children, that's not the easiest task is to get them ready, and especially for church. How many of you have found that Sunday seems to be the hardest day to get your children ready? The devil not, does the devil fight any, any of you families with, with getting your children ready for church or getting your children ready to go anywhere just about? Uh, but especially when it comes to going to see Jesus and going to, to, be, to be with Jesus. But there's effort that took place. I want to ask you tonight, whoever it was and however many... People were involved in those children and, and getting them prepared and getting them ready. Did it matter once they saw Jesus? Was it worth it? Oh, can you imagine how, how worth it it was for them to see Jesus? And to know that they're going to take their children to Jesus to bless them. I'm reminded in 1 Corinthians 3.8 it says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, you are God's building. You know, it's awful easy when something like this takes place, whether it be Kids Fest, whether it be um, a fall festival, whether it be any event, whether it be an outreach, whether it be anything that takes place when somebody comes down to the front an invitation and it's led to the Lord, and we, we say, so-and-so led them to the Lord. It's awful easy to, to say, so-and-so led them to the Lord, and and, we're, and that's a wonderful thing. But really, the true blessing is everyone that watered, planted, maybe even had, had any part at all that all mattered. So I'll say to you tonight, there was some planting that was done. 
There was some watering that was done. There was some digging up some soil. There was maybe removing some weeds. There was taking out the trash. There was, there was cleaning restrooms. There was getting more chairs. There was hours of preparation. And there was um, walking around with kids in the hot sun. Right? There, w- there was things that took place here that maybe no one else knows about. People that check kids in. People that, that spent hours in getting things ready and, and tearing things down and helping with a game or preparing an icy or, or having the food. Can I say to you tonight... What you did mattered just as much as that person who led them to the Lord. Because you had a part. See, the one who plants, the one who waters, the one who, who digs up, the one, the one who, who puts the effort forth, who is it that gives the increase? It's God that gives the increase. But it all matters when one comes to Christ. I love what the psalmist says. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth, catch this, to all generations. So thankful it endures to all generations. May I say this again, everyone that had a part made a difference. And some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Why is it done? To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. It matters for eternity that children were here, that families were here, that people were talked to, that conversations were had, that a welcome was given, that hope to see you again was said. All that matters when children come to Jesus. And to Him be the glory, majesty, and dominion, and power forever. You know, remember Timothy? Timothy's testimony was this, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. I, I have to think that this last week there was a start for some Timothys. Because, may I say this, listen to this please closely, we, we have no idea what kind of influence it can take in a family, even with one child getting saved. It can... Take off and, and be like a wildfire that, that, that really increases and, 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 and gets, gets the, the fire going amongst the family and the influence there to a whole family getting saved and, and then extended family getting saved. A while back, a pastor of a Scottish church was looking to step down. He was looking to, to resign and the board of elders came to him and asked him, why are, you going to, why, are you, why are you stepping down? Why are you stopping? Why are you, in essence, quitting? And he said, well, this past year, I've only had one little convert. And his name is Bobby Moffat. And I really don't know that it's been that successful of a year. I, I really don't think it's been that great of a year. Just one saved, and that's all that we've seen. And that's all that's taken place, and 
I, I just feel like I should step down. Well, unbeknownst to that pastor was, was this. It was actually the biggest year that that pastor would ever have. Because little Bobby Moffat, even to this day, has influence and effect because he was the missionary that allowed people and other missionaries, even to this day, for Africa to open up so that the gospel could go into Africa. Because of Bobby Moffat getting saved, he was used to be the man of God to open up Africa and all the work that has taken place even to this day. So I say this, it was the biggest year that that pastor ever had with just one little convert. And we really just don't know the impact of what God is going to fully do in the lives of individuals, and especially when it comes to a child. I tell tonight this, what a blessing. What a blessing. Can I say this, what is done for the glory of God, God will bless. And God blesses what is done for the glory of God. That's why it's so critical that every one of us find it very true in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. A group very close to God's heart is children. They're a special group. Children can always be looked at as a blessing. You know that song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. He does. He loves all the children of the world. First thing tonight, would you notice with me that they brought young children to Jesus because children are a blessing. Who do they bring? They brought children. Why were they bringing the children to get a blessing from Jesus? They weren't bringing them to get baptized. It wasn't infant baptism. You won't find it in the Scripture. But you do find even some of these being infants that are going to get a blessing from Jesus Himself. Can you imagine getting blessed by the blesser? The one who holds all blessings? In Ephesians 1.3 it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Can I tell you, the same one who blessed those children is the same Jesus you and I have that will bless us. We're coming to Him. We're asking for His blessing. I wonder when's the last time you and I asked for His blessing upon our life and upon our family's life and upon this church and upon our pastor and the leadership and upon people that, that you know, your family, and, and ask God for His blessing. Do you want God's blessing? I want God's blessing. Can you imagine those children coming to Jesus and being brought to Jesus by someone else and it mattered that they, that they brought Him and whatever effort it took place, whatever put, was put in, some planted, some watered, but God gives the increase. And, and so it mattered that they were brought to Jesus. It took someone to bring them to Jesus. And then when they were brought to Jesus, can you imagine Jesus? He, it says He brings them up into His arms and, and it says He blesses them and in Matthew, it says that he prayed for them. And so can you imagine that some were infants? And so he, the, the, the infant is then given to Jesus, and Jesus holds that infant. And can you imagine Jesus saying a prayer over that infant? And can you imagine Jesus saying, I love you? Can you hear Jesus saying, I love you to that infant? And a love like none other. God is love. And can you imagine being that parent and how much that would bless your heart to hear Jesus' words? 
said to your little one? Maybe they were a little older. Maybe they, maybe they needed to stand by Jesus and Jesus put His arm around them and say, I love you, buddy. I'm for you, young lady. Keep, keep serving Jesus. And can you imagine Jesus' arm touching their shoulder? And can you, can you imagine then him praying over those children and saying, I love you, but that love you was unlike any other love that they would ever know. And they would come to know that that same, that same love was going to sacrifice his life on a cross. But children, praying over them. But there's a group here that's trying to keep these children from coming to Jesus. You see that group, don't you? It's, well, none other than the disciples. It says the disciples rebuked those that brought them. So here's these ones bringing children to Jesus, and the same ones that, are, that have brought those children to Jesus are now being rebuked by the disciples. And the disciples are trying to keep them from coming to Jesus. You know, to the disciples, the children were a bother. To the disciples, the children were a burden. I wonder tonight, what we get bothered about, is it because it bothers Jesus or it bothers us? What we get burdened about, is it because Jesus is burdened about it or is it because, well, man, these little kids are in the way. Wait a second. For Jesus, that day and, and goes for today as well, Jesus, they were never a bother. Jesus, they were always a blessing. Jesus loved every kid the same, with the same kind of love. And I understand, you, you could say, well, you don't know my kids. Wait a second. God knows your kids. And, and, and those kids, Jesus loves just the same. And the thing of it is, Children were blessed by Jesus that day because Jesus looked at children as a blessing. You know, what is a blessing to God ought to be a blessing to us. By the way, the Bible says in Psalms 127.3, Lo, children are inheritors of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. I wonder tonight, do you see kids as a blessing or a burden? To the disciples, they're in the way. They're, they're causing interruption they, 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 don't need to, they don't need to be here right now. And, and they don't need to get to Jesus. And Jesus deals with them in a kind and gracious way, as Jesus always does. See, the problem was not getting the children to come to Jesus. The problem was stopping the adults from hindering the little ones in coming to the Lord. You know this, as adults, we can either help or hinder Kids coming to Jesus. I wonder tonight, are you encouraging or discouraging children in coming to Jesus? Because everyone, whether you're a parent, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're an adult, everyone who touches the life of a child contributes in some way to the person they become. To Jesus, children are a blessing. He wanted them around Him. And by the way, Jesus is the kind of man that children want to be around. Children like Jesus. And I know this because children can be oftentimes a good judge of character. Matter of fact, in Matthew, you find the adults are the ones who are the money changers. The adults were treating the house of God as the den of thieves. And right before that, 
we, we read this. We read in Matthew 21, it says, And when the chief priest and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? Talking about the children. And Jesus said unto them, Yea, or ye, have, have, ye, have ye never read? It's yea, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. You know what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples once again? He just taught them, matter of fact, in Mark 9, would you turn back there with me? Mark 9, he teaches them, Mark 9, 33, what we read there, he's teaching the disciples. He's trying to get the point across to the twelve saying, you guys are worried about who's first, and you guys are worried about you know, who's, going to, who's going to be the greatest and the best, but let me take a child and put him right in the middle of, of us here, and let me take this child and, and right, right in the midst, and, and then take him, in my, take him in his arms, Jesus taking him in his arms, and he says to them, whosoever shall receive one of such children of my name receiveth me. And in case you guys didn't get that, look at verse 42 to the disciples, same ones here. He continues to, t- to tell them, this is Jesus saying, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, notice it says, It is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. Batso Park, one of the first times I ever saw a millstone. I believe we have a picture of it. And um, a millstone is no joke. I mean, it's, it's a... It's, a heavy piece of concrete. And really it was used as a form of execution. In that day it was repulsive. If that's hanged around your neck and you're cast into the sea, you're not surviving. Jesus is getting a point across that, he, in essence, he's, what He's going to do even in, in Mark 10 is He rebukes the rebukers. Can I say this? It ought to be very uncomfortable to be a critic. Let me repeat that again. It ought to be very uncomfortable to be a critic. And so Jesus is talking to these disciples and saying to them, no, let them come to me. And the disciples are thinking this is going to take time away from Jesus, but Jesus is saying this, no, this is what I want. I want these children to come to me. I want these people to be here and see that I want time with them. And I, I, I want to draw nigh to them. And who's going to draw nigh to me? And, and without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, one of the greatest blessings is when children are brought to Jesus. One of the greatest blessings really is when anyone is brought to Jesus, child or adult or not, anyone brought to Jesus. And you know, you know this... You can bring children to church and them still not be brought to Jesus. Oh, they stand a better chance. You know this, that a, a child can be in a Christian school or a good school or homeschooled or wherever and have Christian parents and still not be brought to Jesus and come to Jesus. Oh, those things help. And it's good to be around other Christians, and this is good, but the best relationship any kid can have and any child can have is a relationship with Jesus. Spurgeon said it this way, train up a child in the way you know you should have gone yourself. You know what can change their life? 
What could change any child's life is a touch from Jesus. A touch from Jesus is not a touch from any man, it's a touch from God Himself. Jesus, think of this, can travel to places you and I can never go. You say this, the success of the kids is the success of what they do with Jesus. It's one thing to have Jesus as an adult, but can you imagine if kids get Jesus as a young person? All the rest of their life to live for Jesus? And I'll say this, the earlier the better. And the success of kids is the success of what they do with Jesus. Where does this come from? Well, Joshua 1, 7 and 8 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. How does this happen? Well, this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, and this is what happens. Then thou shalt have, thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I wonder tonight, are the kids that are in our lives, whether you're a parent of them or not, are they being brought to Jesus daily? You know, everyone here tonight and, and others that are here that have influence on children, we have opportunity to either discourage or encourage them to Jesus. What if we took this thought tonight? This is the main thrust that I want to get across. That children are a blessing. And that Jesus is the best blessing. He's the best blessing. You say, well, my kids are grown and I don't have kids anymore. You know this, we can all spiritually encourage some kids somewhere. And it doesn't take long to find them. And they're here and they're around our areas and our communities. You know, it doesn't matter if these children were brought if they're not brought to Jesus. And so, notice verse 13, it says, And they brought young children to Him, to Him, to Jesus. That who should touch them? Well, Jesus should touch them. And then you have those disciples that are rebuking Him and rebuking those that brought Him. But Jesus saw that and He was displeased. And He said, Suffer the little children to come to who? Come to me. Come to Jesus. Jewish custom was to get a blessing from the prophets. Jewish custom was for parents to seek out a blessing from those prophets of that day. But this just is not any prophet. These children are brought to this man to receive a blessing, but Jesus was unlike any other man who ever stepped foot on the earth. Never a man spoke like he spoke. Never a man acted like he acted. Never a man was like Jesus. Why? Because... Jesus was an example that he did not sin ever. 1 Peter 2, 22 says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. The greatest thing that can possibly happen is for us to see children come to Jesus and for people to come to Jesus. Here's what... Oftentimes we don't think about that time is of the essence and the night comes when no man can work and Jesus is coming sooner as opposed to later. And, and so the Lord is going to come, He says, as a thief in the night. Are you ready? 
Are you and I ready? Not just for the rapture, but are you and I ready in a way that we are bringing people to Christ? Heard a wonderful message this morning on, on being a messenger of Jesus and, and how John the Baptist and, and how Jesus was approachable. You know, what's a, he's approachable to these children. He's approachable to these parents that brought, brought them to Jesus. And Jesus was going to bless them and really very displeased with the adults and the followers of Christ, the disciples, who were doing their best to say, no, they're an interruption. No, we, no don't, don't, they're not, it's not time for them right now. There's always time for Jesus. And Jesus wants us to give Him the time. There's a song that says this. It says, Neath facades of mirth and glee, God has set eternity. In the soul of sin-sick man, somber thoughts of destiny rule hearts that could be free. Miss the city's busy day or in the rustic scenes of play, see the heart of lonely man. Haunting doubts of misty gray make them stumble on their way. We must reach them while we can. We must reach them while we can. We must tell the lost of Calvary. Jesus' blood has paid sin's penalty. Tell the grace that Christ brought down to man. We must reach them while we can. See, if we don't suffer and allow children and people to come to Christ, then they're going to, str- they're going to struggle, they're going to suffer in the lost world without Him. You know this, someone or something will always try to take them away from being brought to Jesus. It could be a distraction. It could be something right now. It could be something later on in their life. It could be something in their life that's going to be put in their way to almost try to keep them from coming to Jesus. We've got to remove those interruptions and, and things that, that take place because it's unlike the disciples, the disciples thinking that the children are an interruption. No, the disciples were the interruption. The adults were keeping them from coming to Jesus. And the disciples didn't think the children were important enough to see Jesus and be with Jesus, but my, they were. You know, sometimes good things and And even good people can take away from the best thing, Jesus. One person said it this way, if we don't teach our children who God is, someone else will teach them everything that He is not. Did you hear that? That's good. That's good, Brother Tyler. That's good, Brother Tyler. (laughs) If we don't teach our children who God is, Someone else will teach them everything he's not. That's the case. What kind of Jesus is being portrayed? Can I ask you tonight, do you look at Jesus as the best blessing you have? Oh, man. He not only has blessings, he is the best blessing. And if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. And he's the greatest that we could ever possibly have. Do your children think he is? Do my children think he is? Children of our church, the children of this community? Do they realize that Jesus can be the best blessing they could ever have? Because He's talked about well. He's lived for in a way that is honoring to Him. The book of Deuteronomy tells us how it's supposed to happen. Would you take your Bible and turn to Deuteronomy 6? It tells us how often this is supposed to take place. Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4 it says, Deuteronomy 6, 4. 
See, if Jesus is truly the best blessing, then the Jesus we portray will be the, the best, and he'll be the right one. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Notice who it says to teach. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them how often? Well, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. It sounds like everywhere is covered. And everything that is done is covered. It all takes place. Because Jesus, we're going to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. And we're doing this with our heart. You know, if Jesus is the best blessing, then you know that God is not afraid of your feelings because He already knows them, young people. Thou knowest my down city and mine uprising, thou understandest my thought afar off. You know, kids and teens and, and adults have a lots of feelings and going on the inside. And whether we show them or not, God knows and accepts those feelings and, and, and wants to hear about them from our mouth because He already knows them anyways. But if Jesus is the best blessing, then we're going to find ourselves going to Jesus in prayer. And we're also going to find ourselves praising Him. But can I say, let me say this, kids will never praise Jesus if they don't see adults praising Jesus. You expect them to praise Jesus, but we're not going to praise Jesus. No. The best way for them to learn how to pray is not to say, hey, Hey, someone's, hey, hey, little kid, hey, 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 son, daughter, or, or child, hey, come up here and pray. No, but them to see adults praying. And to know how to pray because adults have taught them how to pray. See, if Jesus is the best blessing, then we're going to find ourselves going to Him in prayer and praise. You know, there's, there's one thing that kids do well. They watch everything. And it seems to be they're always watching always watching. A pastor was putting together a wooden structure, and as he was pounding away with his hammer, and he was putting that structure together, this little boy was sit, sitting there watching him, and as, as he sat there watching him, the, the pastor thought, oh, maybe because I'm putting this wooden structure together, maybe it's a matter that, that he wants to learn how to be a carpenter. And so he asked the young man, he said, um, young man, are you wanting to learn how to, how to do carpentry? And the young man said, no, I'm just, I'm just watching you. And so a little more time went by, and the pastor said, Oh, you, you sure? You, are you learning anything? He said, Well, I'm waiting to learn something. I'm, I'm waiting to learn what's going to happen when that hammer hits your thumb and what response you give. Kids are always watching. Kids are always watching. And they're listening. But if Jesus is a blessed blessing, they'll realize that God is not what people think He is, but who the Bible says He really is. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, there's, there's a lot of voices in this world today. There's a lot of ways they can determine a view of who God is and what they see on TV and, and what their friends say, and, but, but they need to hear from what really God's Word says of who God really is. And so when God says, I'm the Lord and there's none else, there's no God beside me. And, and they need to know that just, this generation needs to know that God loves them and, and God cares for them more than anything. And by the way, if you're looking for a great friend, matter of fact, the greatest friend, he's a friend that will, will never leave you nor forsake you, and he says that he'll be closer than, and stick it closer than a brother, it's Jesus. And so you want a friend, and you're searching hard for a friend, young person, 
Take Jesus as your best friend. You know what God wants? He wants you to know Him. A lawyer asked the question to, to Jesus. He said, hey, Master, what's the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Very similar to Deuteronomy 6.5, what we just read. That's how much Jesus wants you and I to love Him. As Christians, it's very vital that we get the right picture of Christ. I just wonder tonight, and I've, I've been convicted myself with this thought, is the Jesus that I'm portraying the Jesus that my children want to have in their life? Is the Jesus that we're saying, that we're talking about, that we have kids' church and we, we, have, we have this and that, and they, they hear this message and this service and, and, and this Sunday school and this chapel and this whatever, uh, wherever, and, and the, hopefully family devotions and hopefully those kind of things taking place, is that the Jesus that is truly the Jesus that is of the Bible and, and the best that we can give. Because the blessing of Jesus is the best blessing because our faith is to have legs put to it. Our faith is not just belief, but it's to be faith in our, in our belief is to have legs and action. So faith without works is dead. Because lastly tonight, faith is a blessing. So we have children are a blessing. Jesus is the best blessing. And to have faith is a blessing. Faith is a blessing. You know, the faith of, of, a, of being our blessing, it takes coming to Jesus to have faith, but our faith is to be lived out then, and, it's, and so we find ourselves then, what are, they, what are young people desiring? Most of the time what they're desiring is what's been put in front of them. And so if Jesus is a blessing, then they're going to look at Jesus as a blessing. If faith is a blessing, then they're going to look at, I want faith. And if children are a blessing then we're going to treat them in a blessed way. And so it's much better to be coming to Christ ourselves and bringing our children to Him than to be driven to Him. You know, one thing to visit Him when we're in trouble, but it's another thing to go out of dependence on Christ. What I do not find in the Scripture here is they're not coming to Jesus because they're sick and because they need healing. No, they're just simply coming because we want a blessing from Jesus. We want some time with Him. They didn't wait until trouble came to get to Jesus. Because God's presence and blessing is all they need and all we need. By bringing them to Jesus, it showed they had faith in Jesus. It showed they trusted Jesus. Think about this. Our world 20 years from now will be what we have raised our children and, and the kids to be today. You think, oh, it's, it's going to get worse. Well, if it's going to get worse, then we've got to get deeper in our faith we got to get stronger in our walk with God because how are they going to have a stronger walk with God to face all the other nonsense and junk that they're going to face if their walk is not deeper with God? See, God's plan to reach the whole world includes the family. But you know what I find here? I, I do not find that a parent or an adult said, Jesus, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to let you have them and put them in your arms and, and bless them, but can I hold on to them as I, as I let, let you bless them? Can I, can I just keep an arm on them? Because I'm not sure if I truly, fully believe in, in you to take them. I don't know if I can trust you to hold them in your arms. And so, you know, I'm the parent. And so I need to keep my, I need to keep my arm, my hand on them as you hold them. You might drop them. No, faith was letting go completely. Not holding on to anything. And I don't know about you, but the temptation is to hold on to the kids. They're our kids. They're my kids. 
They're Jesus' kids. They're on loan. They're not our kids. They've been His all along. And to leave nothing in our hands and not let anything hold on. You remember Achan? He tried to hold on to some things. Didn't go so well for him. You remember what took place with him? Boy, it, it affected a lot of people. You remember the disciples, what Jesus said to them? He says, hey, this is what I, this is what I need you to do. Whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. You know what? We've we got to feed our faith and starve our doubts. Faith in God is a blessing. And because of knowing our faith is a blessing, we can be the most positive and happy people in the world. And we can have faith that focuses on a falling Christ. Or are our children going to think, well, you know what? To, to follow Christ and have faith, you've got to follow rules. No, following Christ will take care of the rules. See, faith deep enough to rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep because they're brother and sister in Christ or do we just rejoice with them that are like us only? Do kids see Christian cliques? They watch. Do kids see us focus more on the heart of a person? Or are they caught up on appearance? Oh, both are important, but what's more important? Does our faith see the church as a hospital for sinners or a showcase for saints? Is this a keeper of the aquarium or, or is this a, we're going to be fishers of men? See, faith, what do, what do they see? True faith focuses on God's grace and focuses on God's goodness, but, and full faith finds fulfillment in what God has done for me, and it's a blessing to have faith, and it's a blessing to have Jesus, and children are even a blessing. So much so that Jesus says, hey, come, come, come. Don't let anything hinder you. Disciples, get out of the way. He rebukes them. He, he tells them, really, this is what Jesus' message is to them. Can I sum it all up and we'll close. Jesus' message to the disciples is this. You want, you want to say, you know, adults or, or children, you, you need to behave like adults. He's going to say, adults, behave like children. That's what he's going to say. Pretty much to them. He's going to say, he's going to say this. He's going to say, Disciples, you, you think you, you have everything learned and you know everything, you can learn a whole lot more from these children that are coming to me. Matter of fact, so much so that you have childlike faith, the Bible says. And so Jesus is saying, you need to learn from these kids, you need to become childlike. Jesus is saying their faith is sincere, they're not trying for acceptance, they just want to get to me. And I want to be a part of a blessing, and it's a blessing when any child comes to Christ, it's a blessing when anybody comes to Christ. But you know what? You're either going to hinder it, or you're going to help it. You're going to encourage, or you're going to discourage. And let's be a part of anybody coming to Jesus, because to us, Jesus is the best blessing. And if He's the best blessing, then I'm going to talk like it, I'm going to walk like it, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to treat it in a, such a way that, man, this, this is a blessing. I have Jesus, I have faith. And you know what? You children are a blessing. And so what a blessing. Let's determine to show Jesus as the best blessing. Can we do that? Tonight, God help us to do so. Let's pray that God will help us in that way. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord God, I pray that you'll, in some way or another, use something that's been said, that's been given. And Lord, I pray that from the Word of God, it's been a help. Lord, that our faith will be sincere and true. 
May we even treat children in such a way that they know they are a blessing. Lord, may our faith be a blessing to others because ultimately we have Jesus, which is the best blessing. I thank you for you, God, and I thank you for coming into my heart as a child. And Lord, even for those that have come to know you, I pray that there's many more that will come to know you as a result of knowing that we can be a blessing to other people by sharing the gospel and being messengers like we heard this morning. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.